Bruce Lawn. All right, first and foremost, I got to send a big shout out to Alan Parr from The Beat for having me on his YouTube channel today. We talked about lust, overcoming sexual addiction, sexual trauma, all of it. You should really go check that video out. Uh, wildly important, in my opinion, for just about anybody if you're dealing with addiction. Now, I'm going to tie it into a personal milestone I just hit. And a point that Alan made in terms of dealing with addiction. And, and the point that he made was being consumed with your purpose or being too busy to lust, waking up, waking up, working on his YouTube page, all these types of things. And I wanted to tie that into a personal milestone I hit today. A personal, well, I think technically hit it yesterday, but a personal milestone I hit is I cracked a thousand uploads. A thousand uploads on YouTube. Why is that significant? Well, because unlike vanity metrics, like whether some of you guys decide to like this video or to subscribe to this channel, we have way more people that watch this channel than are subscribed, by the way, so you really should consider subscribing. But instead of vanity metrics where people determine the outcome or maybe God determines the outcome, like cracking 100,000 subscribers or 70,000 subscribers, 50,000, whatever that is, which my channel has been growing amazing. Welcome, shout out to all the new people. This is a metric that I hit today that had less to do with, with people or clout and have more today with just me being consistent and, 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 and by the grace of God putting in the work. A thousand uploads on YouTube. Not a lot of people have cracked that. Okay, so a thousand uploads on YouTube. I've been doing YouTube since 2015. And this is what I want to get to. You, there's a lot of creative people in here, a lot of folks looking to walk in their purpose, a lot of folks walk, looking to... Um, to, to, to just have the best of, of what God has for them on this side of eternity, right? Whether that's living addiction-free, whether that's walking in, 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 in your career, in your path, whatever that is. And I'm going to attempt to unpack this. I'm going to attempt to unpack this in a way that hopefully kind of ties it all in. Now, shocker alert, guys, I'm a late bloomer, okay? I'm a late bloomer. Like I'm, like, I'm physically a late bloomer in the sense that, like, I was a scrawny kid up until I was, like, 23 years old, 24 years old. I didn't really hit my full growth until I was about that age in terms of my height. I didn't really put on, like, any real muscle or anything until I was, like, 28, 29, I, I worked kind of mediocre jobs up until that age. I didn't graduate college. It took me seven and a half years to get through a four-year program. I was a super-duper-duper senior. And so, by and large, I am a late bloomer. I, I did music for 10 years before I ever made a full-time income with music. And I was 30 when I quit my job in 2015, and I made a full-time with music. I did YouTube for... Um, since 2015-ish, middle of 2015, consistently 2018, at least once a day for, from 2018, this year, three, four times a day. And it took me five years, a thousand uploads before I made a full in, income, full-time income with YouTube. And I'm going to be 37 on New Year's Eve. I'm 36 this year. I know I look fantastic for 36, but context, all of this took me mad long. All of this took me way, 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 way longer than I thought it would in terms of uh, finding my sweet spot and finding freedom, finding freedom from being addicted. Now, why am I sharing this with you? Because again, cracked a thousand subscribers and honestly, I would not change a thing. I am so happy that it took me longer. Why? Well, because access to excess too early in your life 
is really not helpful, even though we think it is. I'll give you guys an example. It's a passage. You guys should follow me on Instagram. I kind of broke some of this down on Instagram last night as I was sitting there reflecting. But this passage, you hear me reference it all the time, Proverbs 20, 21. An inheritance obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end. I'll read it again. An inheritance obtained too early in life is not a blessing in, in, in the end. An inheritance is a lump sum of money, uh, access to things, access to wealth, access to access, ultimately, right? And it says, obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end. What does that mean? That means that if I would have been in this position 10 years ago, if I was making the type of money I'm making now 10 years ago, while I was still in the middle of debt, while I was still financially responsible, it would not be a blessing to me. It, it would it would probably hurt me. It would probably give me too much access. It would probably make it very difficult for me to say no to certain opportunities, to say no to certain friendships, to say no to moving around too much, right? And so a lot of us in this hustle culture, in this culture where everyone's an entrepreneur, everyone's a creative, everyone's a YouTuber, is that, listen, you getting the, the job of your dreams, the career of your dreams, the life of your dreams before your character, before your personhood is able to handle that, it's not a blessing even though the world tells you it's a blessing. It really isn't. It could destroy you. And we've seen blessings. We've seen platform status, money, fame, access destroy tons of people and men of God as of recently. And so we have to just be mindful that, listen, some of these things can take a decade. It took me a decade plus of consistently releasing music before I made a full-time income. It took me five or six years of consistently making YouTube videos until I made a full-time income, right? And now, by the grace of God, I have multiple full-time incomes, meaning that if one income gets cut down, I have two other ones that I can survive off of, right? And that's, in my opinion, how an entrepreneur, a creative, wants to build their life. And so, guys, don't get caught up in the illusion that you need to reach all your goals today, that you need to do everything today. Unfortunately, there's certain parts of life where you got to go through some stuff. You got to go through some challenges. You got to go through some hard times. You got to go through some things that are uncomfortable uh, to get on the other side of that, right? To get on the other side of those mountains that you thought were impossible. And so in regards to this, there's a direct correlation to me figuring out some key things and me having freedom in, in certain areas. So let's get into a, cu a couple more passages real quick. Um, let's, make, let's get into a couple more passages real quick. Okay, so this passage right here, this is Galatians chapter 5, famous passage. This is Paul writing. The whole book of Galatians is fire in terms of Christian conduct, in terms of how you should live, what, what you should or shouldn't do. This is a great book to get started. Okay, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul is writing a group, a church in Galatia who are Gentiles, and they started to fall back under certain Jewish Christians, pressing them to follow the Jewish law. What am I talking about? If you go read Acts chapter 15, there's this big debate amongst the apostles about what laws the Jewish Christians should follow. And more or less, the excuse me, the Gentile Christians should follow. And more or less, the Jewish Christians were telling the Gentile Christians that they had to get circumcised, that they had to follow the 613 commandments of God, that they had to do all these extra things. And the Gentiles were like, bro, we grown up. What do you mean? Like, you want me to get circumcised at 30? Like, that's crazy, right? I'm sorry to paint such a wild picture. But listen to what Paul writes to them. And he says, in, in Galatians chapter 5, he says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery 
to the law. Okay. Christ has set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up into the law. So two ways to look at this. One, this is the actual what was happening in the church of Galatia. Hey, they were freed. They were expected to have moral standards and to live according to, you know, God's ways of doing things. However, they weren't expected to follow all these other rules. And what you'll notice me do on this channel is we talk about all kinds of hard lines that sometimes there aren't any. And we'll talk about wisdom issues and secondary issues and essential doctrines versus non-essential doctrines and critically think through all of these things, right? And the same stuff was happening back then. So what, what am I getting at here is, listen, there is freedom in Christ, but don't use your freedom as a license to sin and do whatever you want to. Okay. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Okay. So now I'm going to scroll down and check this out. This is so good. Verse five, he goes into circumcision and this whole thing, but verse five is super dope. He says, if we live, but, but sorry, excuse me, but we who live by the spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith, the righteousness God has promised to us for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or uh, being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Verse seven, you were running the race so well, who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. For he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you, dear brothers and sisters. Uh, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were to still preaching to you, that one must be circumcised. So again, read this entire chapter, but there's this part here that I really want to get to. Verse 13. For you have been called to live freedom in Christ, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole love can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. Okay, what am I talking about? This is what I'm talking about. In pursuing any type of craft, in pursuing anything, ministry, YouTube, music, what have you, okay? The big idea here is, listen, freedom, right? Freedom if you are called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Don't use your freedom. Don't 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 do certain discretionary things and think that because I said, well, technically secular music's not a sin. Don't think that you could just listen to whatever you want to because it's not technically a sin. Where's your heart in it, right? Is it causing you to sin? You see what I'm saying? But here's the key. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Instead, use your freedom to what? To serve one another. Use your freedom to serve one another. For the law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Use your freedom to serve one another. Use your freedom to serve one another. What am I saying? I'm saying that if you are free in Christ and you use your freedom to serve other people, it's very difficult to remain addicted. It's very difficult to remain in sin. It's very difficult to remain caught up in all your sexual urges when you make the focus and the primary distinction of your life to serve other people, to help other people, to love other people, to use the freedom that we have right here in this time to help other 
people. That is ultimately what this channel is about. Is It's not about me trying to build a cult of personality. It's about me using my voice, my platform, my understanding of scripture, me simplifying maybe complex ideas to help other people, to serve other people. And that could look like a variety of different ways. That could look like a variety of different ways. That could look like you doing music. That could look like you serving in a local church. That could look like you loving people at your job, serving people at your job, loving your family, leading your family, right? Servant leadership. If you use your freedom to serve people, It is very difficult for you to be caught up in sin. I'll give you an example. A lot of people ask me, Rustan, how do I break through and, you know, not be prideful? How do I break through and not be addicted to sin? And I say, hey, serve. Go, go. You know, if you're in the local church and your church permits you to admit right now, go serve in the kids ministry. Right? Go serve in the kids ministry. And what you'll discover is it's very difficult to be arrogant. It's very difficult to be full of yourself when you're having to, I don't know, care for little babies, right? Or having to teach seven-year-olds about scripture. Take the attention off yourself. Put the attention on your purpose. Alan Parr talked about on his on his stream, which you should go watch that. It's super good and specifically with us. But he said, I'm too busy to get caught up in lust. I'm too busy to get caught up in addiction. Why? Because we're walking in our purpose. We're walking in the, the freedom that we have in Christ to not be held up to a bunch of arbitrary standards. If you can't do this, you can't do that. You can't do this, you can't do that. No, no, no. But we can serve God. But we can love our neighbors ourselves. But we can use our time, talent, and treasure to honor God with what we've been given. Okay, this is super key and we just miss it sometimes, right? We just flat out miss it and we live in legalism. And by legalism, I mean you think that what you don't do, that the rules you keep or the things you avoid make you more righteous in God's eyes. That is not true, okay? Jesus is what makes you righteous in God's eyes. The cross is what makes you righteous in God's eyes, right? He laid down his life so that you could be made righteous, and now you are the righteousness of Christ. It's not about what you do or don't do. A lot of those things, those those ways of God are for our benefit on this side of eternity, our benefit to live a lifestyle that's free of sin, okay? So when it comes to when it comes to uh, the, 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 the objective of building an audience or doing ministry or whatever, here's how I look at it. Here's how I look at it. I'm, really, I'm going to make it really, really simple for you guys. It's good to set goals. It's good to be ambitious, to, to further the kingdom, to further your career, to grow your family, to be a better husband. All of that stuff is, is, is good. There's nothing wrong with a desire and an ambition to serve God. However, however, what I would encourage you to do and what I would, how I would encourage people to look at it is don't get caught up in the results. Get caught up in your input and what you can do to change the results, not what the results are. Because in my case, if you would have asked me, Ruslan, when do you think you would have went full-time with music? I would have said way earlier than when I went full-time with music. Hey, Ruslan, when do you think you would have made a living off of YouTube? Way earlier than what I think I should have been making a living off of YouTube. We just, we usually, seldom do we actually have the understanding of what it takes to create the things that we want to create and and to build the lives or build the businesses or build the ministries that we want to build. And here's how I would look at it. Check this out. It says in James chapter four, verse 13, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. 
It's here a little while it's uh, it's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans and such goals and such boasting is evil. Okay, and then it says, remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I think it's really interesting how that's juxtaposed there with those two ideas. You, a lot of us, a lot of us are like, yo, I want to make this much money. I want to hit this many followers. I want to hit this many subscribers. And by this time, right, and smart goals and all those things are fine. However, you don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what tragedy could happen. You don't know what variables life may throw at you. You don't know what people may view you as or try to cancel you or whatever. You don't really know what tomorrow brings. So the objection is say, hey, if the Lord wills, I will do this and that. If the Lord wills, I will do A, B, and C, right? If the Lord wills, this is what I would like to see happen. Pray according to God's will, not according to you demanding what God will do in your life as if he's some type of genie in the sky that's here to serve you. No, you're here to serve God, right? And so be sober in terms of setting goals and aspiring in that, listen, you control what you can control. You can control the input. God ultimately, God ultimately has to produce the output, okay? Timing, relationships, all of these different things are a lot of times outside of our control. I'll give you guys an, I'll give you guys a scripture. This scripture is talking about Paul and Apollos and them wanting to have different people they follow, right? Them wanting to have different leaders to follow. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I've been in the book of Corinthians a lot lately. Um, but 1 Corinthians chapter 3. After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. And check this out. Paul says, I planted... In your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it work. Who made it what grow? It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You. Uh, our God, uh, you are God's building because of God's grace to me. I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on top of it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. So he's talking about Apollos and um, just these different personalities that they wanted to follow. And then he goes on to say, and he says, like, I'm happy that like I didn't baptize any of you except this person and this person, because you guys are buying into a, a, a cult of personality. And it's not about that. It's ultimately about God. And it's ultimately about being followers of Jesus. What am I saying here? I'm saying if we look at this passage, it's God that does the growing, right? So what am I saying to you? Hey, you need to go out. And, 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 and one of the best ways to combat addiction, one of the best ways to combat these things that we deal with is you need to go out and figure out what is your purpose. And a lot of times that just really starts with you serving, right? Don't aspire to teach on a Sunday morning platform at your local church, regardless on how good of a thinker or a communicator you think you are. Go clean the bathrooms. Start there. Go, go serve in the children's ministry. Start there, right? And... You put in the work, you discover your purpose, you, you build out that thing. This may take years, this may take decades, but be, be faithful and know that God is going to be the one that gives the increase. You control what you can control. You control sowing the seed. 
You control working the land. You control pulling out the weeds, which which is really what we're trying to get to, right? Pulling out the weeds, sowing the seed, working the land. You control what you can control. Ultimately, God has to create the growth. God is the one that creates the growth. And so in my life, man, I've worked really hard. A thousand uploads. A thousand, technically a thousand and one. I think this is a thousand and two uploads. Think about that for YouTubers. Would you do it? If you knew that it would take 10,000 hours for you to be a proficient artist or a proficient rapper or a proficient preacher, would you put in the 10,000 hours? Like seriously, like ask yourself that question, right? Would you put in that kind of work? to get similar results. We look at these guys and we look at these guys and we say, oh, they're anointed. Oh, they're incredible. Oh, they're, 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 you know, gosh, this is just, it just looks so easy to them. What you don't see is all the other hours, right? I I got a thousand videos. I don't know, 850 of them. Um, 850 of them are trash, (laughs) right? Like, like majority of them aren't good. So we see other men of God. We see other artists. We see other people doing what we want to do. And we go, wow, they're so talented. Wow, they're so anointed. Wow, it's so incredible. And and we miss all of the mastery it took to get here. We miss all the hours it took. We miss all of the commitment it took, right? So real question, if, if you could get the same results that I got, hypothetically, and by the way, I'm doing fantastic on YouTube, okay? If you guys want to know exactly how well I'm doing, you can go into Patreon. There's a video there with me, Jason Mayfield. Uh, I think Pastor Roy calls in, Pastor Trey Van Camp. It's a video called like YouTube Boring, Talking Numbers, something like that, right? It's like a whole video. And I go over exactly what I make. And I do well. Off of YouTube alone, I'm clearing six figures. Off of YouTube alone. God is amazing. It's been great. But if you knew that you had to do a thousand uploads to make a full-time living off of YouTube, would you still want to do YouTube? Would you still want to do YouTube? Or or do you think this is just a get-rich-quick scheme? A lot of, for example, a lot of people hop into rapping um, because they think anybody can do it and they think it's a, it's a, it's an easy way to get rich, right? But if you knew that you had to do, you know, 10,000 hours on becoming proficient of being a rapper or musician or whatever, would you still do it? Would you still do it? That those are the questions that, that 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 I would ask you in your pursuit of whatever it is you feel like God is calling you to do. Because I think we miss it. Like we and we miss how it's connected, right? We miss how it's connected. All of this stuff takes time. And it doesn't have to take you a thousand videos. Like I told you guys, some of you guys know I'm putting together a course. Me and Zach, we're actually shooting a lot of it today. Um, we're putting together a course, and we're I'm trying to not it take five years for you guys. Those of you guys that really have something to say, those of you guys that are truly an expert, whether it's teaching the Bible or some niche thing, something that most people don't know about, maybe you hold some kind of special degree. Those of you that are truly expert, I feel like we're going to create systems and you can learn from other people. I was able to to learn from Sean Cannell. I was able to learn from right all these other brothers that came before me. And will you, uh, will you get there in less time? Maybe. But hey, I wouldn't have had it no other way. I really wouldn't have had it no other way. I wouldn't have had it no other way. I'm so glad that it took me the uh, the, the the scenic route. I'm so glad that I took the ele- uh, that that I took the stairs and not the elevator. Right? I'm so grateful for it because truth is, uh, if I would have gotten here with less effort, I probably would have been way more full of myself, way more arrogant, way more in sin, um, and and really feeling like I did it. I know I didn't do it. I know I did my part which is sow the seed, do my part to care for the land. But God ultimately has to make the sunshine. God ultimately has to provide the growth, right? So 
there's that healthy juxtaposition. Be so busy that you don't have time for anything else, while at the same time, slowing down and learning to halt, right? Which is what? Don't get too hungry. Don't get too angry, right? Don't get too sleepy. Don't get too tired, right? It's that, it's that healthy balance of the two, right? Work your face off and slow down and rest and Sabbath and sleep eight hours a night, right? Put in the hours to whatever it is you feel like God's calling you to do. And it may not be the thing initially. See, I thought I was going to be some famous Christian rapper. It didn't, it's not working out that way. I still got a lot of music in me, but I'm okay with that. It was something else that led to the thing, right? It was something else that led to the thing. And so sometimes it might be that you might have this whole linear picture of how your life is going to go. And then you start doing it and then boom, you pivot and you do something different and it's, it's more suited for you, right? So Hopefully this is helpful. Um, rest, work. It's it's a paradox. You need both, right? You sow the seed. God has to produce the, the results. That's a paradox, right? You need both, right? Be deliberate. Put in the time. But know that there are certain variables you don't get to control. You don't get, you don't get to, I didn't get to control going on Alan Parr's channel and, you know, exposing myself to more people and being able to reach a, a broader audience than on my channel. There's almost 2,500 people in that stream today, right? That's 10X of the amount of people here now. I didn't get to control that. I was asked, right? Because brother Alan was gracious enough and cool enough to, to see something in me and say, Hey, come on, let's talk about this topic. I think it's important for, for men to hear from other guys like that, right? I didn't get to ask that. Like you don't invite yourself on people's platforms. You don't invite yourself on, you see what I'm saying? Like, so it's a, it's a healthy tension, but there's freedom in Christ. There really is. If you're struggling, if you're wrestling with stuff, what is the, the, the work-life balance like? And, and what can you do different? So as a resource, go back, watch watch the video with me and Alan. If, if addiction is a thing for you, really watch that video. And there's a lot in there. There's a lot of good information in there, despite the goofy technical difficulties that I was having on my end. There's a lot of stuff in there. Um, but it's like that age-old saying, you know, you, you, you work your face off for 10 years and then you're an overnight success, right? It's it's not like that, right? It's not like that. And, and, and if you got, go, go look at my Instagram. If you guys want to see me kind of break it down more, you could see it on my Instagram. Shoot me a DM on Instagram if you got any questions. But I wanted to share this with you. I thought it was super important for us to get a hold of this freedom in Christ premise, walking in our purpose, building our lives in a way where we can break through the addiction. And let's be honest, the majority of us who stay addicted, the addiction is really as a as an overflow from some other area we're neglecting. It's really from an overflow of you not dealing with your childhood drama, you not dealing with your idle time, you not dealing with your purpose, you not dealing with your insecurities, you not dealing with certain things. And, it, and the addiction is just the overflow. The addiction is the symptom. You got to get to the root. You got to get to the root of why the symptom is there. What is this? The symptom and the, the behavior is a byproduct of something deeper going on inside of you. Get to the root and you'll change the fruit. If you're always trying to adjust the fruit, what you're really doing is just behavior modification. And behavior modification isn't really going to change anything because it's just adjusting the behavior. It's just, oh, I'm going to do all that. Get to the root of your issue. Get to the root. You could adjust the fruit. Hopefully this helps. Hopefully this made sense. I know I connected some not connectable uh, concepts for a lot of people, but hopefully this is helpful. All right. Peace. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Joshua the King came down and bore it all. Yeah. Conversations front of the fireplace. 
the body to dilate on a first name basis with the work.